Almighty Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. Father, what a privilege to be in your house once again, Father. As to us pray, oh God, it's the house where we want to come, Lord, for encouragement, whether for correction, whatever you have in store for us, Father. Lord Jesus Christ, your word is what is cleansing us, what is washing us, Father. As this song says, Lord, we pray that you cleanse us, Father, to wash us that you give us a heart like yours, oh Father. We desire to have the heart that like yours, to have the character of Christ, to have the Holy Spirit, not the Spirit of one another, but your Holy Spirit, Father. Come and visit us once again this evening. Lord, you are always faithful to your promise, to your word, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, you will be there, Father. It's not our word, it is your word. Father, you know every need, oh God, here this evening, oh God, we are coming as a needy people. But the greatest need in our heart, Father, is to be more like you, Father. Is to look, Father, to reflect you, to have your life. Lord, without your life, Lord, what can we produce? We have no life of our own. Father, that's why the message came, oh Father, to quicken that life inside of us, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. May you meet each need this evening. We love you and appreciate you. Help me, Father, to put myself aside. May you, Father, develop the few thoughts I have, Father, for your bride. I'm bringing like that little boy, bringing just a little oh, fish and little, Father, Lord, biscuit. May you multiply it in your hands, Father. Let it be a blessing for your bride. 
Commit everything in your hands, Lord. Thank you for your, for your bride this evening. We love you and appreciate you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, Brother Ray. God bless you, God bless you richly. And uh, greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord once again and to be uh, in what I call, depending on her French, but it's church that I call my home. Amen. <laughs> so it's good to be back where I feel uh, more comfortable. Amen. Amen. So I just want to say a few comments, maybe, and just, um, just maybe read the Bible first, and then um, I invite you to go in the book of Psalms, and I'll let you sit. Psalms 105. Verse 13, or verse, verse 11, if you are there, yeah, to work. Verse 11, saying, Saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance? When there were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered, he suffered no man to do them wrong. God suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. May God bless his word. You can have your seat. May God help us evening. Just want to say to um, maybe soon a great of uh, after being a little bit away for, for two weeks and uh, send my uh, just want to say give you the greetings from the different brothers that I met over there. Just want to greet uh, greet you. Many knows you and many know you and and one of them is a uh, brother brother Brisson, Pastor Brisson. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah been greeting, and he has been here, so he's been at the camp, so definitely was a good time over there. But um, I want to spend two time, uh, some time with my brother over there, my brother Jean-Claude, he has preached here a couple of times, and um, just was just a good time to spend time with a family there, and the kids are having at the same age, so they spend a little bit of good time there. But before I even travel over there, yeah, since he's an associate pastor of Pastor Malcolm, he already made some arrangement for me to preach over there. So it's changed from peaceful vacation to something else. <laughs> so I arrived there and then to preach on that first week. And, uh, but by God's grace, thank you for your prayers and thank you for. Brother Ed, for advice as well, that he sent to me just to be wise, so I didn't go. I just preached the simple messages and that uh, we not uh, step on some people's doors or, or doctrines. I just want to be simple and wise. 
And uh, also, Steve also, last time I went, he mentioned that I should, uh, should let him know if I should come, if whatever should be on the other area. But I was hesitating because I wanted to have really peaceful, <laughs> peaceful vacations. But uh, because of something happening between the two provinces, I thought that maybe I should also just announce to him. So I let him know. And then once I told him, then he also said, you know, you know what is waiting for you here. <laughs> then uh, I had to preach as well over there, by God's grace. But um, and then from there, um, Pastor Jean-Claude um, also had another contact that he put me with, so uh, another church that I had to preach there. But by God's grace, it was um, a blessing for them. Amen? Amen. And just thank God for that. And um, God bless you rich, richly for your, for your prayers. Amen. Do you love the Lord? I'm not a good speaker of uh, introductions, but uh, makes always me nervous. But, uh, um, I'd like to talk this evening about this message, a uh, little message here that Brother Banam spoke. And uh, before I went, I, I thought about that. I think Brother John mentioned that already, but it uh, kind of also struck my heart. And then uh, so I went there and then. And uh, yeah, it still stayed on my heart, and I wanted just to touch it a little bit this evening, if you allow me to. And the prophet spoke about it as a dedicated message. And it's amazing how the prophet could speak about that message in the time where he was going to the trial of his mother, on God taking his mother. But as he's going to that trial and, and to that difficult time, but still he has a burden to mention that. and. Uh, he spoke about that, and he called it respect, amen? And uh, I'd like just to give as a title this evening, God Demands Respect. For those who are familiar with the message, they know it, and uh, it's not something new, but it's, it's still something that, uh, that we need to be made mindful of because it's something by which we can, without it, we can easily grieve the Holy Ghost. Even though we are born again, even though we are Christians, even though we have been the message for a long time, but without it, it's very easy to grieve the Holy Ghost. And uh, so it just was on my heart to refer to it once again, speaking to myself, I guess, and uh, just God to be a blessing to you as well. Amen? The prophet says in that message, as he's closing in prayer, he says, Oh God, what love that Paul had. He said he would become accursed that his people might be saved. Just notice the principle here. He said he would become accursed that his people might be saved. Oh Father God, give us love for one another like that. Give us that undying love, that decency, that respect for one another, to be Christian enough to look over each other's mistakes, to look over, because a man has been blessed of God and he might make a mistake. Because a man has been blessed of God and might make a mistake, 
Oh, Father, let us not look at that mistake, knowing that he's a precious brother that maybe Satan did trap him into something. But if he did, we pray, Lord, that you'll help him or she out of that place that will have love in our heart to go after the lost sheep and bring them back to the fold. Amen. I believe that what we need to have, that love, love of God, love of God, that we can always go to the one who has made a mistake, the one who has the lower state, never have that attitude of thinking, oh, because I cannot do that, or because I've not done that, because then I'm superior to the other one. No, you should always have the place of God. Oh, Lord, uh, may you save him. May you save that person. May that person be, be, be brought back to, the right, to the, right, the right path. It's not a place where sometimes you look on the other side, look like, oh, I'm more spiritual than the other one. That's not the case. We should always be very respectful. And respect goes along with love and forgiveness. They go along. As in this message, as he's preaching that, so there are always two aspects. If you, if you look at that message and what, what struck my heart and received maybe a few examples, it's not always the one who, la- who lacks um, respect, but it's also the one towards to who has been affected, how he's reacting to that. It's always on the other side and vice versa. We know that we are living in Laodicea. Laodicea has a great sense of irreverence. It's an age of irreverence. I think Pastor Ed mentioned it one time. It says, you see, you go in the buses, the young people can't give places again to others and different things like that. It shows that how, how the, the spirit of the age is going and different things is going. We see the Bible warns us in, in 2 Timothy about the perilous time that will come. Are you with me this evening? Just going to be a small lesson, so just stay with me, not for a long time, hopefully, but uh, just want to put that uh, uh, as your brother as well, and then uh, God's grace, can, something can stay, just be a warning for us. It says, uh, it's warning us about perilous time that will come. Men shall be heady, high-minded, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent. I believe disobedient to parent also means that they are, they are not respectful towards their parent. So that's the age that we are living, the age where there is that spirit of irreverence, the spirit of lack of, of respect. I thought about that preacher that was, uh, I think he was arguing, not arguing, but he wanted to have, um, to have a discussion with the, with the prophet, and, and then Brother Bosworth went to have that discussion. And then you can see that preacher, his attitude, his attitude, he was, uh, he was pointing fingers at the, the prophet, pointing fingers at uh, Brother Bosworth, and all that kind of different things. And Brother Barnum, if you listen to that story you mentioned, but what kind of spirit is that? So I believe sometimes it takes also in that spirit of Laodicea, where you think that your point, in order to prove your point, you have, you have maybe, you have to shout, or you have to show a certain kind of rebellion, you have to protest in order to show that your point. I don't think it's a Christian way of showing your point. Christian way of showing your point is just with respect, with reverence, and whether the person agrees with you or not, you stay very respectful towards that person. That's the attitude of a Christian. That's the heart of Christ, and that, that's what the message is, is brought us to, to, to give or to, to be. The prophet says God demands respect. 
The God who demands respect. God demands respect. The prophet said in that message, you've got to have it. You ever get anything, you ever get anything from God, you're going to respect God. And you must do it from your heart, the bottom of your heart. You must do it. So you see, it's not a requirement. It's not a requirement that you can work around. It's not a requirement you can say, oh, no, I might have it, I might not have it. It's something that must, you must have. And I believe it's not just something forced on you or forced on us. Not, oh, no, I have to be respectful. But let the Holy Spirit create in us that kind of respect. Let the Holy Spirit move us, not that it becomes automatic. If it's not there yet, God, may that be part of the fruit of the Spirit. Let be part of my, my Christian life that they have to be so respectful. Not always sometimes respectful to the people who agree with me, respectful even to the people who don't agree with me, respectful even to the people we don't see in the same line, but you still remain respectful. Amen. The prophet says, I want to take a subject from here of respect, reading David crying out to the Lord. Respect is what we owe to God. That's one thing that I would like to drill this to the heart of every person here tonight, that in all things that we see going on, we must give respect to it. If we must respect it, and David said that when there were very few men of Israel, perhaps Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we were speaking of very few men that he rebuked nations and kings of them. God rebuked the nations and kings saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Amen. We can go, we can just take that, we can go. Uh, uh, and there are many things we can say about that, just regarding that. It's always been God's grace. Amen. God has to intervene. It was not the strength of Abraham. It was not the strength of Isaac. It was not the strength of Jacob. It was God who had to intervene. It's God who had to tell, don't touch, don't touch Abraham. Don't touch Jacob. Don't touch Isaac. God had to intervene. Even when the king, even when the, when the king, the king took, uh, took Sarah, and he was about to touch Sarah. God had to intervene. Even though he was a, a man of a great integrity, he was a man who was innocent in that situation, we would say, but God says, don't touch the wife of my prophet. Restore the wife of my prophet, otherwise you are nothing like you are like a dead man. So God had to intervene. Amen. If you've seen the, in the, in the experience of Jacob, as Jacob was running away from Laban, came to the point where Laban was, 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 run, was running after, after Jacob and he was about to, to look for what he was looking for. And Jacob himself told, told, told Laban, I've no, I've not all your idols, but if you find anyone with your idols, take that person or that person can, will be your slave. Otherwise, it was his wife having that idol. But God warned already Laban, don't touch. Don't, even though he's in your power, don't touch Jacob. Don't touch Jacob. So God, it's always amazing to see that even in every situation we go, God has to intervene. There are some limits the devil cannot cross. There are some limits the devil cannot go, those boundaries. God is the one putting those boundaries. Amen? He told even when Lot was, Job was going to the trial, he told Satan, you cannot touch his life. You can do whatever you can do, but you cannot touch his life. Amen? We thank God, to have, we thank God that we have a God like that who's watching over his, his children. Coming back to the subject of respect here again, 
The prophet says, you've got, before you can have respect, you've got to have fear. God demands it. He demands respect. God does. He demands it. And fear brings it. And we know that fear brings respect. And he says, paragraph 48, he says, I don't mean that you are afraid of him, but it means that you are giving him respect and reverence. And when you respect God, you fear God. You fear that you might displease him in some way. You fear less you will do something wrong. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to. I fear my mother. I fear my wife. I fear my church. I fear all God's servants unless I should put a stumbling block somewhere in their way. I fear the people. So what is the fear coming from? Oh, I need, I need to fear God. I need to fear, I need to fear my church. I need to fear God's servants unless I put a stumbling block somewhere in their way. That's where the fear coming from. Amen. I fear the people of the city, prophet goes on, unless I should do something something wrong that will cause them to think that I wasn't a Christian. Amen. Even though it might sound like a trivial subject, but think about it, about how the prophet will put it in the same message. It says, when I respect you and you respect me, we respect each other. Then we are respecting God. Must say, but I'm respect God. You know, I respect you. I respect you. I fear you. But are you respecting one another? Are you respect? Because in order to respect God, you have to respect one another. Amen. Reverence is not checked at the time when everything is going fine. Reverence is checked at the time of a disagreement. It's not at the time when everything is going in agreement. It's at the time where you disagree. It's at the time where you see the mistake on the other person. That's when you check whether you have respect or not. If you look on the story of, uh, of uh, just take for example in the Bible, the story of Noah and his children, when everything was fine, all the children were respecting him fine. It's when he made a mistake that one of his children, I think Ham, one of his children, Ham, started mocking his father because he thought he was more righteous than his father. He thought that he could, because he could have discovered that he had discovered his weakness, then he could have an opportunity for him to have to lack that respect towards him. And then God didn't like that. He displeased God. So you see again, again that respect is reverence is checked at the time of disagreement. Amen. Saul was really rejected from God. He could not hear his children anymore when they were advising him. He took the wife from David. You could already see the symptoms on how God has already rejected, me, rejected him. I don't know how many times you have tried to kill David. And you have tried many times to kill David. You could already see that the spirit that was animating him was not the spirit of God. I think one of the worst things that he did is was when he killed the priest. In 1 Samuel 22, is when he killed the priest and he said to Alimelech, that shall surely die, Alimelech, thou and all thy father's house. And the king said to the footman and stood by him, turn and slay the priest of the Lord, because the hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled, he did not show it to me, but the servants of the king would not put their hand to fall upon the priest of the Lord. Think about it. Saul was the anointed of the Lord, 
he couldn't distinguish that. He couldn't distinguish because he was rejecting of God. He couldn't distinguish. He couldn't have the right discernment to distinguish that actually what he was doing was the wrong thing. As you see the Bible, you read the Bible. I've been reading David. I like to read David. I was reading again. But you see in the Bible, you can see how well, the thing that he's doing that so just atrocious, that we can imagine, but how, how it was the jealousy inside of him, what, what that spirit that was animating him, how could it bring him so low? Why could he make so, so much mistakes? What's going on, Saul? But at the same time, if you are very careful, you look also on the other side, the attitude of David, how he's looking at, at Saul, the way he's behaving. Even after the experience of the skilled, yes, killed, yes, killed, yes. I think I've mentioned that at time, but it always speaks to my heart when I come to it. Because we, I believe that the promise in our time is the weakest among us should be like David. The weakest among us should be like, have the heart like the heart of David. Because David, David was the man after God's heart, amen? So if the man, David, could behave that way, even without being under the dispensation of the Holy Ghost, how much more how God is now dwelling in the heart of the people today, how much more should we have the heart of God today? Listen to what he's saying in 1 Samuel 24. He says, and the man, uh, verse 4, and the man of David said unto him, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy unto thine hand, and thy mayest to do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. And David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And, his, and it, it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his man, The Lord forbid that I should do these things unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. What a respect, no matter how low Saul could go down. It doesn't mean that he has to do what Saul was doing, but he still stand. He kept the same, the same attitude towards Saul, the same reverence towards Saul, no matter what to show that he has the heart of God. We agree that if some of us, uh, if it was in that situation, then we'll take that as an opportunity to show all the mistakes, and to show what we think, but that was not the attitude of David. David was not even feeling willing to even to touch the robe of Saul because he was the anointed of God. Amen. Reading 1 Samuel 26, 8. The Bible says, Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered an enemy into thine hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him and pray thee with despair, even to the heart, to the heart or at once, and I, will not, and I will not smite him the second time. And David said to Abishai, Destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him, and his day or his day shall come to die, and he shall descend into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water, and let us go. And David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster, and they get, they get away. And no man saw it, nor knew it, neither awake it. For they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord was fallen upon them. 
Once again, it's God who preserved David, but also the attitude of David towards Saul, showing that he still maintained the same respect towards him. The prophet says, in the, the Hebrews says, you people with the soul blade temper that's always spouting off in the mouth of somebody, can't put up and things like that, be careful. You are guilty if you speak a word against your brother that's not right. Not just. Go, go around and tear down it. You don't have to stick a knife in a man's back to kill him. You can break his character and kill him, kill his influence. Speak against your pastor here and say something bad about him. You just might as well shot him. Told something that wasn't right about him, well, it will kill his influence with the people and things like that. And you are guilty of that, what Jesus said, amen. May God help us, amen. As we know, the prophet said that Saul was saved. Despite what he has done, he was still saved, amen. But I will say this, it could be that there would be a lot of souls in this bright age. It's possible. They'll still be saved, but they will make great and worse mistakes. But the question that we should maybe ask ourselves is what is our attitude towards those souls that God we can have in our lives? Look at the Amalekite who thought that if he, will get, he might get some favor from God, from David because he killed the man who had persecuted him. He came to David peacefully, and then he says, Second Samuel 1, those who read the Bible and the message knows it. David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he answered, I am the son of a stranger and Amalekite. And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? And David called one of the young men and said, Go near and fall upon him, and he smote him that he died. So he thought that because he has persecuted David, because he said bad things about him, because and this, or maybe David will be so happy that I can tell him that now he's dead and I'm the one who killed him. I'm the one who spread those bad news. I'm the one who killed his influence. I'm the one this. But the real believer says, I cannot even hear what you are saying negative about my brother, about my sister. Unless we pray, you have no right to me to tell anything to me because I'm not here to hear any negative about my brother, any negative about my sister, because I have to respect God. And in we to show that I respect God, I have to respect my brother, I have to respect my sister. The prophet says, in humble thyself, wonderful message I always like, says, which the organization of the Methodist Church, which is a fine bunch of people in that Methodist Church, don't you ever think they are not? They are. They are a fine bunch of people in that Catholic Church. They are a fine bunch of in the Presbyterian Church and all those places there, it's men and women that are waiting to see the light flash over their path. You just keep flashing the light in humility in sweetness. It's all grow, it's all grow closer to God by humbling ourselves. See, don't forget this tabernacle will lose its strength. Don't forget this tabernacle will lose its strength. You will put that in context. Remember that this is the target where Satan has got every gun in hell trained on it. 
It will cause one person to do something that's contrary to what the other one thinks is doing that is up to it. So sometimes, before I go further, the message is not to put an attitude of them and us, them and us, we are better than them, or things like that. Pastor Ed said many times, I would like to repeat on it as well, sorry to repeat that as well, but it's not attitude of them and us, them and us. Otherwise, we might be like those, the, the, the Pharisees and the publican. Why we think that it's us, it's us, it's us. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. If we just limit on what you can do and things you can do, it becomes the glory on yourself. It's not the glory on yourself, but it's God who gives you. God who gives you. God who gives to the bride. Amen. It's not because yourself you have done anything. You have no work of your own. It's God who gives you that. Amen. Because if you only have the knowledge, because you do certain things, because you have the knowledge to do it, you know what is right. You sometimes do things because we have the knowledge. And the knowledge sometimes puffs up. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge just makes you, sometimes gives you a spirit of arrogance. But when it's a revelation, when it's a revelation, you know that revelation It's not. You cannot produce a revelation by yourself. Revelation comes from God. It's God who gives the revelation. Even when Peter, when it was asked to him, who, who do you say that I am? He said, I know that you are the son of God. You are Christ, the son of God. Jesus Christ ran right away and says, it's not, it's not blood and flesh that revealed that to you. It's my father revealed that to you. You can't even boast on yourself for having the revelation. It's God to give the revelation. The bride has been given linen, fine linen. It has been given the righteousness of God. So it's not nothing of our own that we could boast about. It's God's grace. Amen. Amen. Where was I? It says, yes. That is business. He's doing that. It's up to him. That is business. If he can get somebody to say something, somebody to talk about another, say, we listen well, listen, did you know so and so? Don't you listen to it? Don't you listen to it at all? Yeah. It's the devil. It's Satan, he says again. Don't you believe it? Is there anything that somebody has done wrong? Pray for them. Don't pray in a selfish way. Say, I, I know it's my duty of God to pray for that brother. You take it your heart really down for that sister. Real down for that sister. You know, sometimes when something, someone hurts you so bad and you say, you know, I have just to pray for him because revenge belongs to God. God will take care of him at his own time. That's not the right attitude to pray. That's, not, that's what the prophet is saying here. So if you have to say deep inside of, because if you, really, if you really forgive someone, you have to intercede for that person. If you really forgive someone, you have to have the burden of forgiveness for that person. Otherwise, your heart is not right yet with God. Amen. It says, you take it your heart really down for that person and just talk and be real sweet. The first thing you know, you find them right back in the service again. Because after all, we are headed towards the setting of the sun. Amen. Once again, touch not my anointing. It's not because Saul had backslidden that it was now the opportunity for David to kill Saul. Absalom and Shimei made a mistake after David had sinned. 
They thought, oh, now David has sinned, so now it's an opportunity for us to kill him. Now it's an opportunity for us to completely reject him. The prophet says, says in the God's preparation of 5054, one man one time by the name of David could have killed his enemy. God led him right up to the enemy. And the man that was searching for his life, even his general said, God has delivered him into your hands. Take his life. And he cut the piece off of his coat and went back up and said, God forbid that the touch is anointed. That's right. Don't say nothing evil about Christians. Not only in our church, but Christians. Don't try to harm Christians because you'll reap what you sow every time. Touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm, for it was far better for you that you have my stone tied at your neck and drowned in the depth of the sea than to offend my anointed. Is that right? So don't say nothing about Christians. Maybe some of them don't live just right. Or do just right, but that's God's child. Let the father take care of his own kiddies. You know, if we go to fighting one another, God give us both a whipping, maybe. <laughs> so nobody has done wrong, and this, you see what the, you, you, you start focusing too much on the negative of the other one. You'll get a whipping from the same father who's going to whip the other person. <laughs> Let's just leave the other fellow alone and pray for him. Try to love him and correct him and maybe God will help him. And we know that you cannot correct the person if you don't love that person. Because your correction, it will just go right there. And sometimes it might even go further because you didn't approach it the right way. So let's have the love of God at the prophet prayer at the beginning. Let life, the love of God deep inside of our heart. And then it will create the real respect. In the, in the message, who is God? Touch not my anointing, do my prophets no harm. If you fight, God can fight. Stand still, let God fight. He will bring it to pass. He will put every critic, everything to shame. Do you believe him, brethren? Let's let settle down to faith. Amen. There is always a, there is always a, a small line between recognizing what is wrong, and we have to recognize by God's grace what is wrong. And if we are not very careful... Sometimes we might fall into the other way around and have a critical spirit thinking that we are standing on what is right. Because the prophet himself had to struggle with that at some point. He even prayed, God, take that critical spirit away. I will see a woman who is not dressed properly, but wow, she can't know. Why doesn't know that she's not, she's not dressed properly? How, how can she be like that? Yes, there is a balance. We have to recognize that it's wrong. But my heart, is it a critical spirit? Or is it a desire or a burden for that person to be saved? Amen. And what is the Holy Ghost? The prophet says, that what's the matter? We don't get sealed so much. We are too loose about things. When the inspector goes through this to inspect your life, to see if you are not just a little loose about things, little loose about your prayer life, little loose about that temper, 
And then the focus here, a little loose about that tongue, as we heard about the tongue. The tongue should be used for positive confession, not for negative confession. But if we are loose we're a little bit with our tongue, God cannot seal us. Amen. It says, little loose about our tongue to talk about others, he will never seal the car. Some dirty habits, some vile things, some vulgarity mind, God cannot seal that car. Amen. Talked about the critical spirit the prophet is mentioning here in the Jubilee of 54. I'm not going to ask you how many make the consecration. I believe many of you did. Myself, I did in my heart. Lord, take that critical spirit from me. Now, I don't criticize people out to their face, but in my heart, I do. I see a lady walking down the street, the prophet even to the heart. God's grace was only in his heart that you could criticize. But us even sometimes go further and even speak it out and loud and share with us. And, oh, may God be merciful. As the quote at the beginning, we cannot get any further with God or get anything from God unless we have respect. And we need to have that respect. I see a lady walking down the street, especially that, and see she's not dressed properly. I say, isn't that awful in my heart? I don't say it, nobody else. After all, she's, that's her business. She's a free moral agent. She's got no right to do it. Christ bought her life, but maybe she doesn't understand. And so, not for me to criticize, let God, let God do that. But when I'm in the pulpit, I'll preach the gospel the best way I know how, and the rest of it I'll commit to God. The Lord bless you, friends. So he will preach the gospel, and he didn't compromise on the gospel, but when it comes to criticize other people, if it's not with the spirit of a burden for, for repentance, let that be part to God. Amen? Amen. God has demanded that, that for himself and for all his servant. God demands respect for his servant. He, he is servant and how we know that they are his servant because he vindicates this servant by his word. He takes these servants and makes them servants of God and proves that they are servants by making his work, his word work through them servants. Then you respect that servant, you respect God. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron and Moses, maybe thought that she could correct the prophet because Moses had an Ethiopian woman. In Numbers 12, 1, 3, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, and he had married an Ethiopian woman. They said, had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Had he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. And the man Moses was very meek above all the man which was upon the face of the earth. I was just reading fast here, but we see that we see that Miriam thought that maybe I have a gift, or I have a place, I have a position, or whatever things. So now I'm entitled to say something against Moses. Is really this? Is really the one who is entitled? Is he the only one God spoke to? 
And sometimes we get that so many times through, if you have been a believer for so many years, you see God will bless the ministers and for a long, long time, but, uh, and with the influence and the popularity and come to the point, I, I don't think that Brother Banam, Brother Banam was right here, he made a mistake here, and you know, he made a mistake, he tried to correct the prophet. It's always, it's always hard to digest that kind of things. Let God deal with his prophet. Let God deal his prophet. God correct his prophet. But as a believer, we said that God, yes, there was a revelation that was progressive. There was a revelation that is progressive. God was revealed himself to God. But don't take that attitude of correcting the prophet loud and say, no, this, the prophet made a mistake here. And I think, that's not your place. That's not your place today. That's not your place even to think about that. Let God deal with his own prophet. And God dealt with his prophet. God put everything in order as the prophet was, 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 was in life. God put everything in order. God couldn't take his prophet without putting everything in order for the bride. And that's what he has done. Amen. But the point when I'm, I'm going through this, and as she thought that way, and... Uh, uh, and, and she took that place, and, and, and she was struck with leper, and leper is a, is a, is a, is a symbol or is a, is a type of sin. She was, type with, with that, she, was, she was struck with that. But I want you to see the attitude when, when Aaron came to Moses and told him, look what is happening to your sister. Moses didn't take that and says, you know, because she has done that, she deserved that, because she's that. Moses went back to God again. God, may you spare her life. God, may you save her. Why? Because, because even though she lacked the respect and she, she got what she had, to, what she, well, I mean, I would say that God punished her, God corrected her in that, in that path. Who are you in order to correct my prophet? But the attitude of Moses was, God, may you save her. The real forgiveness always brings intercession for the one who has committed a mistake. Amen. If you read the message, the, the respect, I won't have time to go through that. I'll just read one here and then I'll go. Maybe I'll get to that place. The prophet says, if you can't respect the man, respect the office he holds in God. That's exactly right. See, respect him. If he, a minister comes up or your pastor, always respect him. I've heard congregations talk about their pastor. I'll just talk about him, run him down, ridicule him. But God's grace doesn't happen here. I know that if you realize, Brother Ed is like... Don't go there, don't go there at this time. And myself, I don't feel comfortable going there. It looks like I want sometimes put in a position. But I wish he was not there, then I can talk properly on that, brother. <laughs> Sorry for that, to put you on the spot there. Sorry. But let me just read because it's part of the message. Uh, now, I've heard congregations talk about their pastor, how just talk about him, run him down, ridicule him, how... Is that the pastor ever going to do anything for you? How is that pastor ever going to do anything for you? He can't do it. You don't. You don't. I don't say this church, but I mean churches I've seen. You've got to love your pastor. You've got to know that he's a human being. 
but yet God has made him his pastor. I want to read that. I just thank God. It's not even only our pastor. God has made him his pastor. His pastor. God's pastor. The Holy Ghost has made him overseer. Then you've got to respect him in that manner. And no matter what that pastor has done, if you respect him in your heart as God's servant, God will respect you for doing it. He that receiveth me, receive him that sent me. Jesus said, he that don't receive me, can't receive him. Yet they say, God was their father. He said, your father is the devil. If you respect God's man, if you respect God's man, God is going to respect you. And you see that? And sometimes we, we get too much to the natural, to, to the flesh. Oh, it's just that. It's just this man. It's just this man. Uh, this, uh, this situation is talking about the pastor, but you can put even to your brother. To, uh, oh, it's just this brother. It's just this sister. But respect the pastor. Respect the sister. Respect the brother. We could say in the situation of Sister Mida, if you read the, if you read the account of that, and when she clapped the door on the prophet, it was not a problem for the prophet at all. He understood her situation. He understood that she was under pressure. He understood all of that. And even, even if somebody says, that's not a problem for me. That's not a problem for me. But God did not like that. God did not like that. Oh, God, may you be merciful upon us. Some of the things we do, the brother is okay with that. But the God who's inside of that brother, the God who's inside of that sister, the God who's inside of the pastor, Oh, maybe he doesn't like the way you talk that. May God help our tongue to be careful with our tongue, to be careful with that attitude. But on the other side, on the positive side, you see Sister Weber, as the prophet already told her that she will be dying. And she will be dying and the house to put your house in order to prepare for the house to be, to, to be, to, to be because the sister was going to pass. But one time someone was criticizing the prophet and she stood for the prophet. Says, I know he's a man of God. The prophet says, it happened for the angel to hear that. And because of what she said, now even a sentence of death that was upon her, God changed that. She's not going to die anymore. Because of the respect she had about the man of God. Oh, if you could have more respect for one another, great things will happen. And then the Christ is a mystery of God revealed. The prophet could say more. He says, stay with your pastor. See, he's the shepherd. You give him respect. He will lead you through and cause because he's ordained of God to do so. Amen. How many, how many can say amen to that? I'll say amen, amen, and amen. Ananias and Sapphira thought that it was just about the man Peter. It's just Peter. Tell him that we didn't sell that. It's okay. You know, we, we are not supposed to tell him everything. It's just Peter. But you read Acts 1 and 11. The Bible, the, and Peter is rebuking them. Why did you lie to the Holy Ghost? Not to me. Why did you lie to the Holy Ghost? You lack respect towards a man, but you're you actually lying to the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost was in that man. The message respect says, Ever who calls on the name of Jesus Christ, I'm with him, whether he's a Protestant, Catholic, whatever he is, 
I might disagree with him upon theology, but I want to respect him as a servant of Christ and as my brother. See, no matter what he does, he's got to give, we've got to give respect to the Holy Spirit exactly right. Yes, sir. When we get to doing that, then God will go to pouring his blessings upon, among us. Just as little group right here, about 50 and, and 60 or maybe 75 people sitting in here tonight. If we will just all together bind ourselves together and give godly respect to God and to his Holy Spirit and what he's doing in this day and respect every gift and every office that is sent into our midst, God will just continue to pour out, to pour out his spirit among us, upon us, and we will grow in numbers and multiply. Don't you believe that? Sure, we've got to have respect unto God. Many, many examples the prophet will give in here, how, how that woman who, who told to the prophet, uh, I'd rather, rather even have someone else to speak to me about the gospel than you. I will not, not even allow my pet to hear what you are saying. And after a few minutes of that, then she was crushed or she died, or she was dying in the hospital. Oh, what, what a horrible thing is to say that she say that, and we should never say that. But on the other hand, look the attitude of the prophet. When he heard that she was dying, he was rushing, 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 driving so fast to get to a point in order to pray for her. When I read that, oh God, look, look the attitude, look the heart of God, look the heart of God to run, to do whatever he could do to get to that same person who could talk so bad against him. Oh, give me a heart of God. That same message, uh, our parents, we should be very careful in the things we say about on, uh, around the table, sometimes criticizing, saying small things here, or maybe lightly, be careful because the kids hear that, and then they, they, then they have a certain attitude towards another person or the other sister or the other brother, and who is responsible of that? Parents. Like those kids who were killed in Elisha time, who was responsible? The parent, innocent children, but because of what the parents were doing, because of what they were saying, now the, the, now the curse was upon the children. May God help us to stay respectful one towards another. There's so many things I could say about that, just thinking about it. See, uh, I can skip that. Yeah. Do you love the Lord this evening? God is so good, amen. God is so good. God is so good. I just want to see another example of that, that sister who's just thinking, oh, my brother, oh, my, my husband always go and preaches and everywhere. And she took, uh, one time she took the Bible, took the Bible of the rabbi Lawson, the prophet talked about it. And then she took that Bible and she, 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 she burned that Bible. She burned that Bible out of lack of respect. She burned that Bible. And a few, few, few times after that, uh, during Christmas light, the light was upon her and she was burned. And the prophet would say, that's not my anointed one. Do my prophet no harm. What she did towards, what she did towards the, 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 the preacher, the rabbi, God had to punish her for that. 
Sometimes we have to be careful how we take care of this Bible. Don't put anything on top of the Bible. Don't put sometimes, don't, don't be very careful even the message that we receive. Sometimes we have, and we have, those are the message, we appreciate that we have tapes of a long time. I have tapes, they don't play sometimes anymore. And I don't even throw them away. Just by respect for, for, the, for the word that is inside of that, you, you don't, you, 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 I, I cannot, and we cannot. Because inside of those things, even though they are material things, but we know what is inside of it. The word of God that is inside of it gives life to us. Gives life. The word of God that is inside of it is life to us. We have so many experiences, so many testimonies, or where there is a flood, or where there is, a, where there is something, that, a building that has burned in time of Brother Barnum, and many times, in many churches even nowadays, that burned or there was a flood. But you will see the word of God being spared most of the time. Why? Because everything will pass away by the word of God will stay away. How much more when we have that word of God inside of our heart. Oh, praise be to God. God certainly is taking care of his bride. The musicians can come. Just stop by that. Respect the time. If we respect the word of God, God will respect you. We dwell a little bit on the negative side, but there's some positive side as well of the people who took care, who respected the word of God. The prophet will mention them, and it's very good, and for time to listen to it, look at Martha, look at the Shunammite, the Syrophoenician woman. All that a great example we identify with. That's what the bride is. No matter the obstacles, no matter the things that come on the way, but the bride can identify with, as identify with those types. They know that the word of God is the reality. No matter the obstacles, no matter the difficult times that come, no matter the disappointment. I was thinking about it. The ability that God has put in the bride is the ability of never be able to be offended by anything. Because the bride will always keep moving on, knowing the revelation that she has of the word of God, that God can never disappoint her. Praise be to God. Amen. I think in this song, uh, worship, because worship God is a sign of respect to him, no matter the circumstances. Brother, Brother Ray, if you can help me with that. God will not reject your prayer. Praying makes you stronger I have never seen the righteous forsaken Begging bread and left to suffer Just have patience Just wait and see what God will do Let's stand together When you lift up your hands and surrender God will pull you through Oh, worship Simply worship You are crying worship In your trials 
a hurting worship. Nothing matters for worship. He will hear your prayer. God goes before you saying, let there be healing your wounds and setting you free. Sending his angels fight from all sides. He's leading the way as he is a God. Trust in him, he will never fail. He'll walk with you along life's rugged trail. Just lift up your hand, this is your victory day. Give him the praise and worship the Lord. Oh, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. silent, but that is when he is working. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just have patience. Just wait and see what God will do. angels fighting from all sides. He's leading the way. Yes, he is my God. Trust in him. He will never fail. He'll walk with you along life's rugged trail. Take up your hands. It's your victory day. Give him the praise and worship the Lord. Oh, worship the Lord. Worship the Won't you worship the Lord? Worship the 